Chapter 8 Into the Village Our own cabin was far out in the woods. When Grandfather and I did travel into town, we met one or two others. Never had I been around such a large gathering. While I felt safe, the mere presence of so many made me nervous. I continued to search for my Isoisa, but the crush of elves made finding him impossible. I too must have been lost to my grandfather in the sea of small folks who flocked onto this frozen lake. It was then I heard Elwe's voice. This way, my friends, beneath the crowd, he beckoned. Silently, for they are loud. Upon your hands and knees you go, cross the pond and through the snow. I crawled in and between so many elves that I thought I would never find my way out. As I finally pushed through the last pair of short legs, there stood Elwe's home. It was just as my grandfather had described it, but perhaps more beautiful. The icicles that hung along the roof were many and varied in length, each glowing with their own private candle. These provided all the illumination we needed to walk into the snug cottage. I asked Elway about the glowing icicles which hung from the eaves. His response surprised me. Well, yes, young friend, there is light within these silver blades. A fairy home each does become a place of rest they've made. It was almost as if Elway thought I should have known this. Perhaps he believed Grandfather had shared more with me than he had. Pure light it is that fairies are, and shelter do they need, he continued. Too hot would they become without, and on the water feed. I was to learn much about the fanciful creatures known as fairies. My grandfather's encounter with the Tree of Lights was nothing more than an unexpected meeting with tree fairies. In the evening, these creatures rest among the branches, producing a delightful glimmer within. Fairies were to become one of my favorite discoveries of all the wonder this enchanted land possessed. As I entered Elway's cabin, the comfortable glow of the fire brought memories of home. The rays that danced with our cabin were mild in comparison to this. This light, to my surprise, responded to Elway's command, scurrying away to corners or coming like a good dog when called to illuminate an object for our view. As the glow passed by the walls, I could see that they were decorated with branches. Evergreen boughs seemed to grow out of the sides of the home itself. Each branch was covered with small red berries. The wood that created the cabin walls was intricately carved Images of children, gifts, and families graced each side. Here and there the sight of a sleigh and reindeer darting across a star-filled sky emerged from the wood. I was drawn to one image in particular. A child sat in a large room filled with beds. Within his hand he held a finely carved toy. I asked Elway about the images upon the walls. These, the children of Christmas past, each a story to tell, he said. If a toy that we have made should comfort them so well, then their image is carved within our cabin walls and hearts to remind us of the joy our special task imparts. He reached up and gently touched the wood where the young boy sat. 
The image within the carving began to lighten in color yet deepen in detail. Almost imperceptibly, it began to move. Slowly, the boy's hand came up above his head. He held what I could now see was a toy train, looking at it longingly in the dim light. He then brought it back against his chest, holding it so closely it disappeared. As he lay down upon his pillow, he slid the precious gift beneath and then went to sleep. I stood there entranced at the scene I had just witnessed. For how long, I do not know. Finally, my grandfather reached out and the spell was broken. Maya Soisa was sitting on the furry rug in front of the fire. I snuggled in next to him. We ate a pleasant meal nestled by the cozy blaze. I laid my head upon my grandfather's lap and listened to the wondrous tales of my Isois's many visits to this strange land and especially his time with Aoi. As the stories continued, I tried my best to listen, but sleep, the great story thief, came and those wondrous tales remained one more mystery for me to discover. In the morning, we ate a piping hot bowl of porridge. As I looked within the bowl, I noticed it was filled with bright red berries. Each was squishy and sweet, tasting like nothing I had ever eaten. It produced a cool, not cold feeling within my mouth that balanced the warmth of the porridge perfectly. The candied taste was almost mint-like in its flavor. As I bit into each one, a strange sensation came over me. I began to think about Christmas. Thoughts of the past year began to invade my thinking. The more I ate, the further my memories receded into my past, until finally, I was sitting in front of a glowing Christmas fire with my mother and father. I could smell the rich, sweet scent that was my mother. Looking into her eyes, I saw the love I always knew was there. I could feel my father's firm hand upon my leg as I played with my small wooden top. He was not a large man, but strong and sure was he. At that moment, I felt safer than I ever had before or would again. Slowly, my father's hand began to soften and shrink. My mother's scent dispersed and the smell of porridge returned. Elway gently shook my leg. As he did, I felt something within my pocket pressing against my thigh. I slowly reached within. To my surprise, I found the wonderful top from my Christmas memory. I had forgotten that I had grabbed it from the bedstand as grandfather and, uh, and I left for our late night sleigh ride. Ah, I see you have discovered the secret Christmas berry, Elway said. If by chance the tiny fruit is touched by traveling fairy, a magic powder doesn't leave upon the berry skin. Then once consumed by anyone, the memories begin. As Elway looked into my face, I am sure he saw the mix that was my emotions. I hope yours was sweet, my friend, and filled you with much joy, Elway offered. But we have much to do today, even for a boy.